What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, okay, this is going to be about uh, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, we've played three games so far uh, in the early NBA season, and he's looked actually really good. Uh, obviously, caveats included that there's there is uh, defensive lapses still and uh, brain farts and all that stuff. But I kind of want to talk about us, media, fans, denizens of Twitter, just in general, the way we cover Michael Porter Jr. And I think how it has done him a big disservice uh, to cover him the way we do. And I'm going to start us off with an anecdote. Um, in 1999, my mother had a back surgery that was extremely similar to the one that, it, well, she had a slip disc and it was the same sort of disc uh, issue that Michael Porter Jr. had in the lower back. And uh, it was obviously an extremely painful thing. My mom got it from years and years and years of working in the restaurant business. Um, and the, the pain was immense. And then she decided to have surgery. Now, obviously, with the caveat that this it was, you know, 23 years ago now, um, and medicine has advanced much like it has with knees. And I'll, in the second half of the podcast, I'll cover the the way we've talked about Jamal as opposed to the way we talked about Michael Porter Jr., which I find interesting. But um, the she had the surgery, and it was um, I've never seen anyone more in pain in their life. Uh, it took her. Oh, good. Two months to feel like she was even relatively functioning at a semi-normal level. And the total rehab that she had to have was long and immense, and it was painful, extremely painful. And I saw someone basically suffer um, because they had to have this surgery. Once again, you know, with knowing that the this was 1999, medicine has advanced since then. Um, we talk about Michael Porter Jr. in this weird vacuum. It, it's as if he hasn't overcome three back surgeries, and that's that's where that is where I'm like, why do we talk this way? Why why do we give other people the benefit of the doubt more than we do, Mike? Um, and I, and, I, and I think it's kind of a, it's weird for us to kind of uh, cover someone as if they haven't had to overcome this enormous obstacle. And uh, TJ McBride and Matt Moore spoke to uh, Mike after the, the game yesterday. I encourage you to read, um, uh, they beat the, the, the Thunder um, on uh, Saturday night. And I uh, encourage you to read this uh, uh, article that T.J. McBride wrote on Denver Stiffs. Uh, it's very good. It's about talking to Michael Porter Jr. basically in an empty locker room. And and the weird thing is, you could you could say that one of the standouts of this year and the most con- one of the most consistent players has been MPJ. Um, he had scored 15 against Utah in the loss, 17 against uh, the Golden State Warriors in a victory, and 22 against the Thunder in a victory. And um, 
all the guy does is be extremely consistent and uh, get buckets. In playing something where, um, I don't know if anyone really has noticed this, but he's been throwing himself on the ground, diving for loose balls, getting himself involved in scrums and all this stuff. And the guy had a back surgery in November of last year. Okay. And this is something that I, 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 I talked about this a little, you know, there's, there's grades of back surgeries. I've called his a procedure. It was more of an arthroscopic thing to shave down some bone. It's still surgery. Uh, I spoke to several different people in this offseason talking about it. And Mike was really pushing himself to come back at, by the end of last year. Obviously he, he suffered a very, very minor setback and they're like, no, you're shutting down. Um, and uh, but it wasn't anything serious and you see by the way he's playing right now how 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 just freed up he is how pain-free he is and and really mike's going to be dealing with this back surgery back back issue for the rest of his life okay i wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy um and the fact that he's choosing to play through it and and actually get engaged in pretty for him, highly physical contact is 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 uh, highly admirable. You know, we our discourse on MPJ is, I think, a disservice to him. He has said some things that we don't like. Uh, obviously, he has views on things that we don't like. Um, that's okay, and we can discuss those as they are and deal with them as is. But covering Michael Porter Jr. as a player, I think it has colored our discourse on him. And I think it is completely unfair at this point because there is no reason why Mike shouldn't be getting the same amount of, oh my God, he's back, as Jamal. Um, Jamal was went out in April of last year. Mike went out in November. Um, Mike missed, you know, 10 months. Jamal missed 16. Um, we are at a point where I'm starting to think that we need to adjust the way we talk about Michael Porter Jr. We need to adjust the way we think about him and adjust the way we approach the discourse on him. Um, we treat him like he is... Uh, a, a, a scrub at times and I think that's kind of insulting uh, and I'm using a collective we including me I don't think I have talked about Michael Porter Jr. in the most productive way it's always been this esoteric he needs to be able to get along with Jokic and there needs to be the vibes thing and uh, and you know improve his relationship with Malone but if anyone reads uh, TJ McBride's article obviously he's he's his mental approach is I'm not going to let people knock me off my course anymore. And I really do think that what was happening and has been happening with Michael Porter Jr. is that we have been covering him unfairly. Um, a guy who has missed two full, basically two full seasons of his pro career, um, played uh, three games in college and really hadn't played a full season since high school. Okay. And we kind of just shrugged that off and we're like, no, no, you, you, you need to play and be a certain way. Um, and if not, you're, you're, we're going to pile on you. And I think it's fucking stupid to be quite honest with you. Mike doesn't deserve that. I think the, I think our inability to deal with, with 
compartmentalize, sorry, I popped the mic there, our inability to compartmentalize um, him, talk about legitimate stupid stuff that he says and not let it infect the way we talk about him as the basketball player. Um, We, uh, as a society and Twitter culture, I think it has really um, hurt the way we talk about this. Um, there is zero reason, as I pointed out, there's zero reason why we shouldn't be celebrating a guy who has come back from his third back surgery and, and, and not looking at it like a holy, holy shit. This guy has overcome three different, um, surgeries that, like I said, it took my mom a year to feel basically like she could walk normally after that back surgery that she had that was similar to uh, Mike's. Um, I have a friend who went through the same thing, still goes through pain. And as I pointed out before, Michael Porter Jr. will always be suffering some from some sort of pain for the rest of his life due to his back. Um, it is not something that will ever go, or it will go away. This is a thing that he is going to have to deal with. Um, but he has come back and he is playing at basically I would say right now is the highest level he's ever played even though it doesn't necessarily reflect in the numbers the effort is there uh the want to is there um and he can play within and without the Nuggets offense which is I think he is the only player other than Jamal maybe and it's going to take Jamal a little time uh to get into that kind of shape um but Mike is already plug and play. He's in. Why aren't we celebrating this? It, it It is mind boggling to me how we just kind of disregard the fact that the guy had his third back surgery. Why are we doing that? Why, why do we do that? We, including myself, I'm not absolving myself of any of this because I have contributed to it. Why do we just kind of disregard the fact that he's had three back surgeries? and not look at it in a way like this guy's overcome some shit in his life. And it it is really weird. And I think um, we as fans, we as media, um, just observers of the game of basketball and the NBA should kind of reappraise and readjust how we talk about someone who was coming back from this sort of thing. Mike has no, I mean, in, in normal circumstances, you are not going to find a player who has had three back surgeries who looks as good as Michael Porter Jr. does right now and who is throwing himself into the game with probably with um, less caution than he should. I, 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 think, I think we just, our minds are warped on that. We, we just look at him and look at some of the idiotic things that has come out of his mouth. And we think, you know, it's, you know, that it just, it, uh, it, it colors what we talk about with him and it sucks. It really sucks. He does not deserve that. He really does not. And you know, you 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 get you get attracted by the whispers coming out from league sources about certain things, and you forget that they all have their own agenda. Uh, even people within organizations have their own agenda about the way to say things. Um, I take generally whatever Michael Malone says about anyone with a grain of salt. 
Um, it is generally all coming from his perspective. And before you jump on me that I'm a lone hater, I did the same thing with Brian Shaw and George Carl. Um, that's coaches. Coaches are always in job preservation mode. Okay. So that's that, that's especially when their expectations are higher. I'm not, I, I don't take anything they say with, uh, any sort of real seriousness. Um, but then you go to like, you know, league sources and these are probably people who see Mike and they, they want him on their team. They want to be able to, I, the, there's agendas all, all over when you, you, when you get into discourse about players. Um, and it's unfair. Um, this is just the way we do things. Um, whispers are, are how people make their bones. And I can't say that I'm not affected by that sort of thing either. Um, I'd like to apologize to Mike. Um, regardless of how his career ends up or the way he is, I'd like to apologize and say, like, I've covered him poorly. I have covered Michael Porter Jr. poorly. And it really took me looking at him these last three games with, and realizing, like, our coverage of MPJ is just really kind of fucked up. And I've contributed to it. it, it the guy just is a basketball player who is he's wanting to be the best that he can. The desires is there. He wants to be great. He wants to be the best that he could possibly be. And our view of him is not the best. And I, and I think he doesn't deserve that. I really don't. Um, and on the other side of the break, I'm going to talk about the way we've talked about Michael Porter Jr. as opposed to what's gone on with Jamal and how we need to kind of balance out our coverage of both. But first, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. Um, you know, we're starting to get into bad weather now, so it's, you know, but you could still go down to the dairy block. Uh, I was there last week um, having dinner with some friends. Uh, it's great. It's my, one of my favorite places in Denver. The vibe the vibe there is amazing, um, and it is comfortable, and it's got great wine. What else could you ask for? You got reds, you got whites, they got pinots, they got cabs, they've got um, Malbecs, Malos, um, partnerships with Western Slope wineries, just everything that you need if you when you go in there. And if you go online to bfwdenver.com, you can pick yourself up a bottle, which is also really, really cool. Um, get yourself some swag, butcher, book yourself a table, do anything you need in, to get yourself the, one of the best wine experiences in Denver. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at bfwdenver.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSU Podcast sent you there. Why do we talk about Jamal Murray differently than we do Michael Ward Jr.? Is it because of the bubble? Uh, is it because he is seen as the number two on the Nuggets? Uh, is it because uh, he has a more agreeable personality, which isn't necessarily true? Uh, is it because we see him in a different way? We see uh, uh, MPJ as an upstart. I don't know what it is, but neither guy deserves a huge amount of uh, criticism here. Um, Jamal was really deified with this uh, when he's coming back from his injury, which is hey, great. 
I mean, I remember when Dick Gallo came back, it was the same thing, believe it or not, even though people have done this revisionist history uh, on Danilo Gallinari as if he wasn't a largely beloved character here in Denver. He really was. Um, but there is a tendency for us to pick favorites. And I think it, we do a disservice if it infects the way we talk about people. Um, due to that is like my, my first inclination, I'm going to point the finger at myself here. My first inclination was to talk about how, about Jamal, uh, how, how he's easing himself in, how he's played two games, um, you know, the various aspects of it and talk about how it's going to take him time to get into things. Uh, I know uh, from our experiences with extensive experience with the Denver Nuggets in the last, well, for me, for the last 35 years, uh, is that knee surgeries are often extreme and they can really take the wind out of a career's sails. Uh, and I, I'm ready to have that conversation if we need to have that conversation because it's valid and true. Um, and Jamal is going to have to overcome a lot. Um, and then we completely disregard Michael Porter Jr.'s back, which is, which is something that I, I'm just fascinated and kind of dismayed by, you know, I, I think Jamal deserves a ton of, of, uh, respect for being very open about his, uh, struggles particularly his mental struggles, which is by far with Jamal, if I'm going to be honest with you, Jamal's mental issues with this injury are by far the biggest struggle that he is going to have with this because he's put it out there. In fact, we knew this last year when uh, it was fairly obvious, a conversation that he had with uh, Clay Thompson and Clay basically saying, don't come back um, too soon because look what happened to me, uh, obviously affected Jamal. Plus, n unable to be near his family because of Canada and the way, you know, COVID and vaccinations and him finally being able to see his family and all this stuff. It is, it is, it is different to, 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 to approach this sort of thing because with Jamal, it's a mental thing. And that mental thing is going to be the hardest part to overcome. One of the more remarkable things to juxtapose this with, with MPJ is that how it's not even a factor with him. He just throws himself right in there again. I don't think I've ever seen this. I'll be honest with you. Once again, going back to uh, Gallo. Um, Gallo had back surgery in uh, his rookie year. Um, and it affected him for the rest of his career. Uh, even though he had some some great years here in Denver, um, Gallo's biggest issue really wasn't his knees um, as far as fear goes. It was the pain that his back was. Gallo got, and you noticed him as he was getting older, got stiffer and stiffer and stiffer and stiffer. Um, and he maximized what he could, but that was that back surgery he had in 2008 that really affected him and uh, his his the trajectory of his career. Um, back surgery is no joke. It is no, no joke. And it is just weird to me how we've disregarded Mike and what the remarkable thing is him coming back and not even thinking about his back. I, I don't, I said, I, I, I mean, I, I've never seen this before. 
Um, and there have been several players who've gone through back surgery. Um, ben Simmons. Um, look at look at what's happened with Ben Simmons in his back and what, what everything else that has gone on, right? It, it, some people handle it completely differently. Now, maybe the best thing to it we can we can contrast here is MPJ versus Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons just had back surgery, has had a terrible back for over a year, and Michael Porter Jr., who's had his third. And you look at the mental, mental, uh, I don't know, prism of both, and you will see two completely different people. And I think we need to be a little more complimentary of Michael Porter Jr. in understanding that what this kid has been through, right? I will still criticize him for stupid stuff he says, uh, things that I don't agree with just on a basic human level. Um, but as a basketball player, you got to give it up to the guy. And we just don't. I don't think we know how to cover it. We're so used to Jokic and the way he deals with things. And I think that I think that it's just a disservice to Mike. Mike probably needs to be, while I'm not asking for him to be lauded in a special way, I'm asking for us to maybe appreciate the fact that the kids had three back surgeries. You know, Jamal has, this is his first major injury, but here, to be honest with you, Jamal gets hurt every year. Um, and he starts slow every year. There's just a, there's a, there's a rhythm and a pattern with Jamal and maybe that predictability is what we are akin to or not akin to. That's, that's a terrible misuse of a word. Uh, the, the, the predictability is something that we are used to with Jamal. We are very used to um, a certain rhythm with him. We're used to him starting off a year slowly and then working himself in. Um, and he's done that since his rookie year, you know, regardless of knee injury, I am going to be equally as complimentary of Jamal as I am going to be of Michael Porter Jr. Uh, Jamal has overcome the mental hurdles of that he faced. And I said, as I pointed out before with Jamal, it's not the physical thing. It's the mental thing in the mental side of this clearly has clearly affected him to a great extent. And it is going to take him a while to work himself into a position to where he's not constantly thinking about his knee. You know, last night, um, uh, Lou Dort kind of submarine Jamal and Jamal got up and started walking towards Dort after he got up and you could tell he was thinking about it. Now, I happen to believe that Jamal needed that sort of thing. Um, you need uh, physical contact to know that you're not going to break like glass, basically. I mean, that really is kind of a, I mean, that's kind of a footballism, but it's true. You kind of need to get hit in order to understand that you're, you, are, you are not going to shatter every single time. Uh, and I think that'll be important for him. Um, there is just um, a way that we can talk about Jamal with expectation and understanding that by the end of the year, if he doesn't have a what is known as an overcompensation slash rebound injury, um, he should be 
basically old Jamal by the end of the year, right? And, I, and that's the way I look at Jamal. That's the way I look at Jamal and how we how we should cover him is knowing that. And I think people have done a good job with Jamal with that and understanding and lowering the expectations and understanding this. What we are seeing with Michael Porter Jr. is he is a guy that has come in and is flame is a flames, absolute flamethrower. And we kind of just shrug. <laughs> just shrug. And I don't understand it after three, his third back surgery. I just don't understand it. I don't know why we do this. I really don't. And I think it's unfair. And I think as we go farther and get in more into the season, we should start appreciating the fact that someone who's just went out, come off his third back surgery is playing at a level that, uh, quite frankly, is surprising me. Uh, and I need to appreciate that more. And I think collectively, we as people who observe the Denver Nuggets need to do that as well. All right. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I'll be back uh, in a couple days with another episode. Goodbye. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.